This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Easy questions or tough questions? I tell you, I had a hard time as I was reflecting on some of those thoughts and some of those questions. Reality check. Who am I? What is my life all about? What does my life and the choices I make in my life say about who I am? What does it imply about who I am and what my values are? Reality check. You know how some Sundays are just fun to come to church? You know, we get encouraged and we have a wonderful time together and we hear about how much God loves us. We hear about his grace and the wonderful plan he has for our life. And no matter what we do, he'll forgive us. And it's good stuff. We're encouraged and it's, it's exciting. I'm not too sure that this is going to be one of those Sundays. Now, now don't get me wrong. I think it's going to be a good Sunday. It just might be a little bit uncomfortable at some times. You know, and, I, and uh, I'm thinking some people here are going, oh, great. I finally picked this Sunday to come check out this church. And not only do I get one of the backup preacher guys, but I've got to sit here in church and evaluate my life and my relationship with Christ. Bummer. It's like you need uh, one of those get out of church free cards, right? Excuse me, Pastor. I'd like to use my get-out-of-church-free card this morning. Head over to IHOP or wherever. I don't, don't feel too bad. We're no longer accepting those cards. They've, uh, they've expired, so you can just tear yours up. Um, <laughs> I know somebody's going to be going home today going, did they really have get-out-of-church-free cards? Actually, I think this Sunday has the potential of being a very significant Sunday in your spiritual journey. I think you could find this morning a very worthwhile Sunday. As you examine your life and as you look at your relationship with God and, and kind of see how you're doing with it. Bottom line is we're going to be looking at whether or not our life lines up with the reality of who God created us to be, with who God enables and empowers us to be. Tough Sunday, but I hope a good Sunday. I don't think I've introduced myself yet. My name is Bob. Um, I told you I'm one of the backup pastors here at New Life. Uh, Ron, who would more often than not be speaking to you on a Sunday morning, he's actually in Iowa this morning visiting his mom. Actually, this morning, he's, he's preaching at, uh, at his mom's church, and he's sharing with them the same message he shared here last Sunday. I was kidding with him before I left. I said, you know, Ron, I said, if any of those people listen to your podcast, they're going to show up this Sunday, and they're going to think they're in, like, summer reruns or something that they've already heard this. Um, <laughs> I can just see some little old lady. Uh, excuse me, Pastor Ron. <laughs> I listened to your message on podcast already. I'm going to use my get out of church free card. <laughs> Go get some Rudy Tootie fresh and fruity. <laughs> I don't know if they really talk like that in Iowa. <laughs> my apologies to anybody from Iowa. 
and uh, somebody on the lights is from Iowa, obviously. So, <laughs> anyways, if you haven't done so yet, let me invite you to pull out your New Life notes. Michael mentioned them. Um, actually, let me encourage you to do that so that you can follow along with where we're going, also so that you can fill in the blanks, but more importantly, so that you have the scriptures that we'll be going over this morning. Uh, this Sunday, we're, we're wrapping up a, uh, a series that we've been in called Reality Check. And we're wrapping it up by looking at five, well, we're calling them field reality tests. And they're kind of like field sobriety tests. How many of you are familiar with those? No, don't raise your hand. Um, Right, a field sobriety test, that's where when an officer sees somebody and they think that they've been drinking or under the influence, they pull them over and they run them through a few tests to measure their level, level of coherency or sobriety. So what we're looking at is we're taking these field sobriety tests and we're using them to, to see if we're living out a real and authentic relationship with Christ or if maybe we're fooling ourselves. See, the goal is that we want to see if we're living under his influence in our life. So these field reality checks. Field reality checks give us the opportunity to see if we've learned and are applying the teachings of Christ in our lives. To see if our lives are in alignment with him or if somehow we're missing it. Are we on track or are we missing the mark? In other words, we get to see if we're measuring up to what we say that we believe. Let me ask you a question. If you take your car into a mechanic and he tells you that your wheels are out of alignment, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Bad thing. Well, it's kind of a trick question, right? If you take your car into a mechanic... Yes, best case scenario, he's going to say your wheels are in alignment. But if your wheels are out of alignment, then it's a good thing if the mechanic tells you that they're out of alignment, right? Because then you can correct it, then you can address it. Otherwise, you're going to continue to drive on those tires when they're out of alignment, if you didn't know. And what's going to happen, right? The tires are going to wear unevenly. The car is not going to handle as well as it should. Your gas mileage is not going to be as good. The tires won't last as long. In short, the tires and the car won't perform at the level that they were intended to. So if your tires are out of an alignment, it's a good thing to hear about it. It's a good thing to figure it out because then you can make the effort to begin to correct it and straighten it out. Well, that's kind of what the purpose of these field reality tests are. They're to help us discover whether or not our life is in alignment with Christ or whether maybe we're pulling to the right or to the left. So bottom line is we're trying to figure out if, it's, if our life is in, in proper balance where it should be. And, and this is important. Don't get me wrong. I don't want you to misunderstand. It's not so God can know if we're off track or not. Right? It's not for God to figure out if we're missing it. These tests are so that we can see if we're off track. So that we can take the steps to correct it. Right? Here's key understanding number one. These tests are not for God's sake. They're for us. 
to help us to assess and understand where we're at. See, a good test isn't necessarily just to show others what we know. Sometimes a test, a good test, is so that we can know where we're at. When I went and took my uh, state licensing exam for my marriage and family uh, therapist license, it wasn't just so that the state could know if I was qualified to counsel or not. It was also to give me the confidence and the security that I had some idea as to what I was doing. To help me know that I was on the right track. So a good test not only shows others what we know, a good test also shows us what we know, shows us where we're at. So these tests are not for God's benefit that we're going to look at. These tests are for our benefit. So where do we get these tests from? Well, these tests are tests that Jesus used, if you will, the tests that he gave to the people that were around him, the people that were following him, so that to see if they could understand or see if they understood all that he had been teaching them, to see if they were willing and able to carry on the message that Jesus begun. Right? Jesus knew that pretty soon he's not going to be around any longer, right? And it would be left to these people, it would be left to his followers, to his disciples, to take this message and to continue to carry it on. Right? Namely, the message about God's love for people, God's desire to, to have a relationship with them and for them to experience God in their life. See, God, or Jesus was giving these guys some field reality tests to see if they understood what the kingdom of God was all about. To see if you and I understand what the kingdom of God is all about and what it means to have a relationship with Christ. So Jesus is trying to figure out if these guys have got it or if these guys have missed it. But we saw last week with the first two field reality tests that Ron talked about that these guys weren't doing so well. What they were coming up short, they were, they were missing it, and they were beginning to realize that they had a lot to learn. That God's ways were different than their ways. That God's ways are different than your ways and different than my ways. So what are these next three field reality tests that we're going to be looking at? Well, to find them, we're going to go ahead and we're going to look at our text that we've been working through, through this series, which is from Luke chapter 9. And we're going to start in verse 57. And it says, as they were walking along, so this is Jesus, his followers, this big crowd of people, as they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Good thing to say or bad thing to say? It's not a trick question. It's a great thing to say, right? He turns to Jesus and says, I will follow you wherever you go. Now, is that easier to say or easier to do? Yeah, say. Let's stop there, though. How many of you ever find yourself committing to something before you really know what you're committing to? Yeah, I see those hands. I'm taking notes of those hands. No, keep them up. (laughs) I know we've all been there. We commit to something. We don't fully understand what it's all about. We don't fully understand what it's going to entail, but we commit to it. The question is, are you doing it in your relationship with Christ? 
Listen to how Jesus responds to this guy. Foxes have dens to live in. The birds have nests, but the Son of Man, Jesus, has no place even to lay his head. You see, Jesus wants this person to understand what he's committing to. Friends, Jesus wants you and I to understand what we're committing to. See, remember, Jesus tests us to show us where our hearts are at. So let's look at field reality test number three, sacrifice. If you want to find out more about reality test one and two, Got to listen to the podcast from last week. Sacrifice. So let's get the picture here. Jesus and his disciples, they're on the move, and as they're on the move, they encounter this man. And he wants to be part of the, he wants to be part of the party. He wants to be part of the mission, right? Because there's all this excitement. There's all this energy around Jesus. There's miracles that are taking place. And so this man is attracted to Jesus, Yet he has no idea what it really means to follow after Jesus. So in one verse, Jesus kind of sweeps away all the glamour. He sweeps sweeps away all the celebrity status. And he confronts him with a field reality test. He says, are you willing to make the sacrifice? Are you willing to make the sacrifice? The life changes that are necessary to really be one of my followers. See, the truth is, following Jesus always requires significant sacrifice. Here's your point. To align yourself with Christ means to sacrifice. To connect your life to Christ means to sacrifice. So let me ask, in what ways are you sacrificing? What are you sacrificing for God? What are you sacrificing for others? By the choices you make, by the sacrifices you make, are you presenting Christ well? Look at what Jesus says in Matthew. He says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Are you a taker? Are you a giver? What would your friends say about you, taker or giver? What about your spouse? What would they say? What about our kids? What would they say, taker or giver? Others first or self first? The call to Christ is a call to sacrifice. Watch this with me. When God calls us to do something, it usually stretches us beyond our comfort zone. Adult do morning. 
I don't do nurseries. I don't do that tithing thing. Uh-uh. Oh, oh, man! I don't do youth ministry! Oh. I don't do hospital visits. I don't do missions trips. They're not my thing. What if Noah had said, I don't do arcs? What if David had said, I don't do giants? What if Mary had said, I don't do stables? What if Paul had said, I don't do Gentiles? And what if Jesus had said, I don't do crosses. Sacrifice, an act. There you go, Alan. There you go. Sacrifice, an act of giving up something valued for the sake of something regarded as more important or worthy. How is sacrifice going in your life? Remember, the field reality test of sacrifice is not to show God how much you love or are committed to Him. It's not to show God. It's to show you. Ask yourself, what am I giving up? What am I giving up to pursue this relationship with Christ? On a side note, Giving up an unhealthy habit or behavior is not considered sacrifice, right? I'm giving up getting drunk every night. Or I'm sacrificing, I'm not going to be sleeping around anymore. Good decisions, certainly. But that's not sacrifice. A sacrifice is giving up something of value. It's your time. It's your talents and abilities. It's your treasures. Is your life pleasing to God? Are you presenting Christ well to others? As the Bible said, let your light shine before others so that they will see God. Are you? See, by looking at how much you sacrifice, it will help you to discern the answer to those questions. But here's a key understanding that you've got to get. Key understanding number two. You're not pleasing God or earning His favor because you live a life of sacrifice. Rather, you live a life of sacrifice because you know you are loved and accepted by God. Did you hear that? That's key. We don't sacrifice to gain God's favor. We don't sacrifice to say, Lord, look how wonderful and how good I am. Surely you must love me. No, it's once we've 
understood how much He loves us, how much He accepts us, that we begin to live a life of sacrifice. The call to Christ is a call to sacrifice. Field reality test number four. Priorities. What are, where are, how are your priorities in life? Priorities. Let's look at our text. He said to another person, Jesus says, come and follow me. The man agreed, but he said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Right, so we get what's going on here, right? This second man has a similar encounter with Jesus. And he's confronted with an opportunity, not unlike the other man, to commit his life to following Christ. And Jesus presents him with a real life, real time, real choice in that moment. You see, following Jesus is often very inconvenient. Enjoyable things that other th- enjoyable things that other people do oftentimes don't fit into the schedules of those who choose to put Christ first and to follow after Christ. In this case here, Jesus wasn't forbidding the man to, to go home and go to his dad's funeral. Really what the man was asking here was to be able to go home and stay with his father until his father dies and then settle up his estate. In other words, he said he had some things he wanted to take care of before committing his life to follow Christ. What about you? What if, 
what if you only had today? Would your priorities change? Who sets your priorities? You know, I noticed that too often we approach setting our priorities in a very passive way. Right? We, we, we defer our responsibility of setting our priorities to the situations or the demands that we just happen to have in our life. Right? When we're asked, who sets our priorities? How would you answer? My boss? My kids? My responsibilities? My carpool? My spouse? My career? My church? My kids' sports? See, too often we don't set our priorities. We merely fulfill the demands that are placed on us. And placed before us. Think about what this man was saying to Jesus. He says, hey, I need to go take care of my father and his estate. I have to fulfill my responsibility as a, as a good son. I'd like to follow you, Jesus. I'd like to serve you, Jesus. I'd like to obey you, Jesus. But. But. But, so Jesus, man, he just kind of cuts right through it. And he says, you have a choice. Choose. Set your priorities. He said it to him, and he says it to us. You say you want to be a Christ follower. It will require you to rearrange your life. The Bible teaches us to worship God, to set our priorities by first worshiping God, by loving and caring for others, and then using the things and the blessings that we have. But all too often, we get it all wrong, and we end up worshiping others. Think about Michael Jackson, huh? Worshiping others, loving things, and then using God. So what do we do? To arrange or to rearrange or change our priorities in our life, it requires us to be proactive. It requires us to take some time to sit down and to evaluate how we're living. Asking ourselves, what is really important in my life? What is it that I, that I truly value? How am I going to make sure that these things that I identify hold priority in my life? Let me ask you, what is it that God has been calling you to that you've been putting off? Where have you been saying, yes, but? This text that we're looking at seems to imply that Jesus is telling us to get our priorities straight. He's saying, let go of the things that are less important. Get on with loving God, responding to Him, using your life, your things, your resources to serve His purposes and His priorities, not just our own. Friends, it's not only God that we're being dishonest with when our priorities don't line up with what we say we believe. We're also not being honest 
with ourselves. Stop, drop, and roll. How many of you remember that, right? That's what you do when your clothes are on fire, right? Well, when our priorities are out of whack, we need to stop, drop, and ask. We need to stop all the chaos. We need to take some time, set it aside. We need to drop to our knees, and we need to ask God how to rearrange the priorities in our life. We need to engage with God to set up our priorities in life. Evaluate what your day looks like. Look at your calendar. See how you're spending your time. Look at your checkbook. See where you're spending your money. And it's not just about doing more or spending more or giving more. It's about cutting out. It's about limiting. It's about removing the excess, backing away from the urgent so that you can incorporate the important, the top priorities the priorities of value Luke 12 31 says seek first or seek the kingdom of God above all else and he will give you everything you need don't just run by that think about that promise for a moment seek the kingdom of God above all else and he will give you everything that you need What a promise. What a promise. Field reality test number five. This may be the most difficult field reality test of them all. See, because we may have been around, we may have been able to make some hard decisions in life. Maybe there's areas that we can point to where we're sacrificing for our relationship with Christ. So we've passed reality test number three. We may have set our priorities in order and have put first God first in so many areas of our life, so we're passing field reality test number four. But in field reality test number five, Jesus asks us if we're going to do it over and over, and over, and over again. Not just once, not twice, not even three times, but all the time, every time. Are we going to live a life of sacrifice? Are we going to regularly hold the priority of keeping God first and foremost in our life? Field reality test number five is faithfulness. The decision to follow Jesus isn't a decision that we just make once in our life. It's at least a daily decision. Sometimes more than that. See, there's seasons, there's moments and times in our life when it it looks good to follow Jesus. When we're desperate, maybe. When we're confused, when we're suffering. We don't have the answers where we don't completely understand. However, following Jesus doesn't really work in our lives when we allow it to become or choose to make it a seasonal thing or a situational thing. Those who experience the joy and the blessing in this life are those who constantly follow Christ over the long haul 
day in and day out. Look back at our text. Another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Wow. Ouch. Basically, Jesus is asking him, and he's asking you, and he's asking me, are we in this thing for the duration? Even if, even if you lose your job, even if you win the lotto, even if you don't have money to pay your bills, even if your child is sick or dies, even if your spouse walks away, even if your health crumbles, even if you find that new girlfriend or boyfriend, even if your pastor fails you, even if you get that new career, even when you don't understand what's going on in life and why there's the confusion and why is there the chaos, even if, are you committed for the long haul? Anyone putting their hand to the plow and then looking back, then turning away, no longer sacrificing, no longer putting God first, is not fit for, does not understand the kingdom of God and what it means to have a relationship with Christ. Watch with me. I have a question for you. What if he, you know, he, the Lord Most High, the beginning and the end, he, what if he asks you for an hour, for a day, your weekend, your spring break, your summer vacation, for your cell phone, your television, your computer, your Wi-Fi, Hi-Fi, multimedia, web-driven, MP3-playing, high-definition entertainment gaming system. Ten bucks. Your car, your morning cup of coffee, that bowl of ice cream you eat every night. What if he asks for your job, your business you built from the ground up, your financial security, your social life, your social standing, your friends, your spouse, your significant other, your kids, your happy home, your reputation, your need for affirmation, your future, your dreams, your habits, that grudge, those hurts you hold so dear. Those regrets that haunt your nights, your desire for control, your mouth, your heart, your passions, the rest of your life. What if he asks? 
rest of your life. It's a long time. It's a big commitment. It's a lot of sacrifice. It's no small decision. Look at what Jesus says a little bit later in Luke. A large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and he said to them, If you want to be my disciple, you must hate everyone else by comparison. Your father, your mother, your wife and children, brothers and sisters. Yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money. And then everyone will laugh at you and they will say, there's that person that started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. Anybody uncomfortable yet? I warned you. This message can make us uncomfortable. But it can also move you to a place in your relationship with God where you will know peace and purpose and freedom like you have never known it before. That's the reward of obedience. Jesus said in Mark, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. Reality check. To live your life in relationship with Christ means sacrifice. means the sacrifice of your time, of your talents, of your treasures. Reality check. To live your life in relationship with Christ means rearranging your priorities by putting the purposes of God's kingdom before your own. Reality check. To live your life in relationship with Christ means being faithful, unwavering in your commitment and availability to God, regardless of personal circumstances. Being faithful, unwavering in your commitment and availability to God, regardless of your personal circumstances reality check to live your life in relationship with Christ means coming before God with your struggles your doubts your fears and failures by yielding your life and saying yes to his Coming before God 
with your struggles, your doubts, your fears, your failures, by yielding your life and saying yes to His. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.